Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. Today we're going to have... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Matthew Dowd, a political consultant, as well as the president of the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Stick around. Many are concerned. Many are frustrated. Many are feeling like they're standing on quicksand. It's a country falling apart. It's a country falling into the arms of fascism. What is going on exactly? Are the Democrats going to lose if the Republicans come into power? Where are we? Well, we know where we are if the Republicans were to regain power, but the Democrats believe it's a lost cause. No, it's not the Democrats who believe it's a lost cause. It's their consultants who believe it's a lost cause. But here is the deal. Uh, I was listening to MSNBC earlier, and Matthew Dodd said something that just rang a bell. And as he was speaking, I'm like, Yeah, that's it. Think outside of the box. Think outside of the box. After all, weren't you the guy who got uh, President Bush elected when he shouldn't have in a horrendous economy with him not doing all that well? Because you knew how to message something that many a time Democrats lack. And then I said, you know what? I better get in touch with Matthew. So I texted Matthew and I said, hey, I'd love to get a little piece for my KPFT listeners, will you do it? He said, I got 10 minutes, man. I got 10 minutes. He came on, did it. I want you guys to listen to that. And then we'll get into some more important issues in a little bit. Today, I'm with Matthew Dowd. I just heard him say something consequential on MSNBC. And uh, I I wanted to hear it for our KPFT audience, for our audience at large. Matthew, welcome to Politics Done Right Again. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. Always great to be with you. Hey, let me tell you, you gave uh, some great advice. I think uh, to some, it may be counterintuitive to Democrats. I want you to please tell some of us what you think is going to be necessary to win the election. It's not inflation. It's not all these other things. Talk to me. Sure. So it, it, as uh, as I laid out there, there we, we have this divergence right now between what jo- what what Joe Biden's approval is and how people feel about the Democrats and how they want to vote. And so there's this opportunity of people that one dislike, both dislike Donald Trump and dislike Joe Biden. It's this group of voters and they're very divergent. They're black, Hispanic, 
and they're white. And so they're all over the map. But there are people that are sort of unsatisfied right now with Trump and with Biden a moment. That group of voters right now is very available, but it's only available if Democrats talk about it in the right way. And so Democrats have an advantage on a number of issues and Republicans have an advantage on a few issues. Right now, Republicans have an advantage on on inflation and the economy. And Democrats have an advantage on democracy, voting rights, rights of all, choice and education. And if I were advising any Democrat, as I would any campaign that I would run, is you always want to spend 90 percent of your time talking about the issues that you have an advantage on. And those issues I just mentioned should be coming out of the mouths of Democrats almost the vast majority of the time. Yes, deal with and answer questions related to inflation and economy and present the facts and all that. But that's on the Republicans turf. Democrats should be arguing a broad case based upon constitutional rights, based upon democracy and based upon all the things that the voters, these voters, these persuadable voters care about. If they do that and do that in a compelling way, they can win these races that otherwise people think they're going to lose. You know, I find it, you know, like I said, when I was listening to you, um, when I'm listening to people, I try to listen to them in a fashion that not trying to argue with them, but try to see what I can learn from it. And then the first thing when you started talking, I said, this is the guy who worked with George W. Bush and got him elected when he should not have been elected. Uh, maybe I should do a little bit of listening to, to, to something of that, that nature, because that is something that is really counterintuitive. Uh, you would think that we want to tell people we are going to be able to serve you all these things. We tell them that. But we also have to hit another core group. Yes, say you? Uh, absolutely. And I think Democrats have a tendency to get wrapped up in thinking that they're going to present an argument that is going to appeal to people's economic self-interest. Voters, by and large, do not vote their economic self-interest. They care about it, but that's not how they vote. They vote on what they're they, what they think is of a concern to their community and what they think is what something that's really under assault or they really want to impress upon candidates and impress upon people that's important to them. I, as I said on the show earlier, I said that in 2004, the number one issue was the economy. We hardly ever talked about it in the Bush campaign. The not the number one. We talked about national security because we knew we had an advantage on national security. And so our goal was to make the campaign completely as best we could about national security. And on election day, those swing voters voted based on national security. And that's really how we won that race. Let me tell you, Matthew, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I am, you know, I have to put that through my thought process, but I am now having a tendency to think that we better start taking some of that advice. Any any closer you want to give us with respect to how the hell can we make sure we don't turn into a theocracy, we don't turn into a fascist state in 2022? I would raise the, the raise, bring the stakes of this debate up as high as possible. Don't go down in the weeds and talk about 22 different issues, which Democrats sometimes have a tendency to do. Pick, as I said, the one or two or three that resonate, that are basically based in our country's history, that will make us a more perfect union and talk about those day in and day out and bring every single question back to it. If somebody asks about the economy, you can make an argument. Democrats have always been good on the economy and then quickly good. Say, if you're worried about the economy, you're not going to be able to do anything about that if you lose your voting rights or if you lose X rights. Bring every single issue back to those issues that Democrats have an advantage on. Matthew, don't you have a new book out or don't you? I, I, uh, last year, right? 
yeah, it, it came out. It's uh, Revelations on the River, and people can get it on Amazon or at the bookstore. I'll have that in the in the blog post for this. Thank you so kindly for making this little snippet in between segments. So you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you. Check this out. We have a great show for you today. Do remember, we are in fun drive right now, but you are still getting yourself a great program uh, that we work at putting together for you. Stuff that you, some that you may know on a small level, some that you may not know at all. That's why we are here. Politics Done Right, KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston. We're asking you to invest in this community radio station, but why? Because, folks, there's a lot of media out there, but it's not media that you control. It's not media that has your interests at hand. When we're talking about community radio, when we're talking about this community radio station, KPFT 90.1 FM. We're talking about a station that is solely funded by whom? You. And if it is funded by you, our loyalty is to you. Most other stations, commercial stations, they're funded by their advertisers and their advertiser needs to program you. And they need to have you in a particular modal. That is why our politics is so bad. Because we need you uninformed. Politics done right doesn't believe in that. Politics done right, KPFT 90.1 FM, Pacifica Network, we don't believe that. We believe that it is essential that you are in control. It is essential that you support us so that we can feed the ethos that we can give. We can enlighten with what is the absolute truth. In that light, I'm asking you to please call 713-526-5738 or go to kpft.org and support us. You can support us with a $25 membership, a $40 membership, or you can get any one of our gifts that you find there, please do this in the name of Politics Done Right. Also, remember that you can get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia. Take away the economy from those who rigged it. Pledge of $120. You can get any two of those books for $200. Any three of those books for $250. That is in, that is to support our station. And all those books, I promise you, give you all that you need to have that conversation across the board to ensure, to help us make a better America. So please support us. Please support KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Call 713-526-5738 or visit kpft.org. In the name of Politics Done Right, please select one of our books, several of our books, or one of our offers. We're here 
for you. You can get Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right. On YouTube Live at politics done right.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My handle is at Egberto Willis at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. Before you get started, please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. KPFT in your minds. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support, that is there to provide what that nourishment that we need. 713-526-5738. KPFT.org. Visit us online. Contribute online. KPFT. 90.1 FM. You can visit us at kpft.org. Man, we are going to miss uh, Jen Saki, but you know what? She has a good replacement in Karine Jean Pierre. But here is the deal. I mean, we know that Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott of Florida, came up with an 11 point plan in which it's going to turn out that they're going to tax um, most middle class and poor Americans because they said everybody must pay income taxes, even though everybody pays taxes of many different forms, but they just don't make enough income to, to do anything. But anyhow, uh, now Republicans are starting to see the folly. They're, they're running away from this plan. Some of them are, but others have really praised it, including the chairman of the party. Well, you know, uh, uh, yet another reporter attempting to get at the Biden administration. You kind of wonder why is it they always come in at Democrats this way, but they, in, in their attempt to try to uh, to disparage the administration came and said, well, you know, most Republicans are not signing on to Rick Scott plan, to which Jen Psaki had quite a bit to say. Check this out. So today the president said that a majority of Republicans have signed on to Senator Scott's tax plan. Um, That does not seem to be the case. Senator Scott said that today. Mitch McConnell had said that the party is not behind this. Are there any Republicans that you can think of or the president might be referencing that is currently behind this? Do you count the chairman of the Republican committee as an important Republican? He is the chairman of a committee, but if no other Republican... She is, it's actually a she, the chairman of the Republican Party. So Chairman Ronna McDaniel praised uh, Senator Scott's proposal as a, quote, clear plan for Republicans that offers, quote, real solutions. She's the chairwoman of the party. Rick Scott is not a random senator. He is literally in charge of winning back the Senate for Republicans and what the plan is. So he is the person who's put forward this plan. Senator Ron Johnson has called the congressional GOP plan a, quote, positive thing. Senator Mike Braun has said he was, quote, glad Rick did it. Senator Tommy Tuberville said he was, quote, on board with the congressional GOP plan. Congressman Matt Gates said he was, quote, proud of Senator Rick Scott for providing this bold agenda. So not only that, which seems to be quite a range of Republicans, but there isn't an alternative plan they've put forward. So it's either this put together by the person who is leading the effort to win back the Senate or nothing. And the president this morning talked about what his plan is. If they have an alternative plan, we would welcome them putting it forward. 
So as you can see, this reporter was completely unprepared. First of all, she didn't realize that the chairman of the Republican Party was a woman, numero uno. Numero dos, she didn't realize that, that a good spokesperson for the administration would have all those quotes that pointed out that there are several Republicans who were urging Rick Scott on to screwing Americans the way they are used to doing. So again, once again, we have to say be prepared. But you know what? Once again, we see she shines. It's been over a year since we've had a studio, since we've been in the studio at KPFT. Since that time, we've had to sell our building and we're in the process of getting a new building. And we are going to have a lot of work to do to put that building there, but I can't wait. I just can't wait to have those phones ring right into politics done right. And I engage with you guys. You know, I love it. Whether you're on the right, you're on the left, you're in the middle, you're an anarchist, you're communist, you're socialist, you're capitalist. I don't care. I can't wait to get into the conversation. And you know what? It's coming. But in order for it to come fast enough, we need these fun drives. First of all, to stay alive, to keep the lights on, to keep that transmitter sending this voice across to make sure we can have that interaction with you. But most importantly, I can't wait to get into that studio and have you guys call in and we have that discourse. We have to have that discourse now before the election. We have to get busy. Man, there's only one station in Houston that is going to give us all that opportunity, that all that opportunity to engage, that opportunity to be a part of the body politic that everybody can hear. But folks, we need you. We need you more than ever. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Please give us a call. Please support the station. Please make sure that when we get into that new building, we can we can bring you into that building. And guess what? You go ahead and contribute to Politics Done Right today. And I tell you, you will be in that studio on one of the first days when we open, sitting side by side and talking to our audience. 713-526-5738. We need you to be a part of the system now. Folks, 713-526-5738. I can't wait. I can't wait to have that bi-directional communication with all you guys so that you can say, Egberto, I don't like what you're saying, or Egberto, I love what you're saying, or Egberto, I have something to say. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? For us all to have something to say, to ensure that people know we are, we are all being heard. That's what you get with politics then, right? That's what you get with KPFT. That's what you get with the Pacifica Network. So, folks, please give us a call, 713-526-5738, or go to kpft.org, kpft.org. We simply cannot do it without you. We cannot do it without you. So, please, again, be a part of this positive assertion, this positive notion that that we can actually make that difference, because we can. But to make that difference... We have to be informed. To make that difference, we have to let people know that we exist. To make that difference, 
we need you to engage with us. We need you to contribute to us. 713-526-5738. Check out these offers with my books that that are it's it's a gift of knowledge as you help us go forward. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org. Choose Politics Done Right for the program and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. Governor Tate Reeves appeared on uh, State of the Union with Jake Tapper. And, you know, what he had to do was go out there and try to prepare the landscape for what is ultimate going to be the end of Roe versus Wade. And, you know, you could see why they sent him out, right? At first, in the beginning of the week, everybody attempted one thing, to take the, to take the news off of what's occurring to women with this impending uh, Supreme Court vote and have them concentrate on this thing called the leak. Well, earlier, you know, uh, the, the White House the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, she admonished a reporter who attempted to take the Republicans' uh, talking points about, it's about the leak. It's about the leak. Shouldn't you be upset about the leak? And she said, no, I am not going to take the focus off of what Republicans are now doing to women. We're not going to take the focus off of that. And now they send out Tate Reeves. They realize that they're going to have to talk about it. So they're trying to figure out, how are we going to do this? We're going to send out this Mississippi governor who talks softly. But even in his words, the evil of that particular party shows up. I want you to see this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Because what they are doing, what they are doing is, in fact, evil it's, in fact, restricting every woman. Check this out. Governor, you, you just said that you did do an analysis. Can you tell us anything more about the analysis? What did the state of Mississippi conclude as to of the 3,500 abortions that happen on average per year in Mississippi? How many of those girls and women will seek unsafe abortions? How many might die? How many uh, might end up hurt, mutilated? Well, Jake, I can't predict for you exactly what's going to happen in the future. What I can tell you is what we're trying to do in Mississippi is we're trying to provide those uh, potential expectant mothers uh, the resources that they need mm-hmm. so that they they can go to a full term of pregnancy. If they choose to keep that child, then, then that's a, a great outcome. But if they choose not to, we want to make sure that we have plans in place to protect those um protect those babies once they're born. Mississippi, as you know, has the highest rate of infant mortality in the United States. You have the highest rate of child poverty in the United States. Your state has no guaranteed 
maternity leave that's paid. The legislature in Mississippi just rejected uh, extending postpartum Medicaid coverage. Uh, your foster care system is also the subject of a long-running federal lawsuit over its, its failure to protect children from abuse. I hear you. You say you want to do more to support mothers and children, but you've been in state government since 2004. You were the state treasurer, then you were the lieutenant governor, now you're the governor. Based on the track record of the state of Mississippi, why should any of these girls or moms believe you? Uh, when I got elected governor, my very first speech in my inaugural address, I was very clear that I believe in my heart that I was elected not to try to hide our problems, but to try to fix our problems. We have um, a, a long history of, of poor health outcomes. It's due in large part uh, to poverty. And so we are focusing every day on, on, on fixing uh, the challenges that are before us. So, so the snapback law in two, that, that was passed in 2007 has no exception for incest. So assuming that the Supreme Court uh, overturns Roe v. Wade, the state of Mississippi will force girls and women who are the victims of incest to carry those tryouts to term. Well, that's going to be the law because in 2007, the Mississippi legislature passed it. Why is it acceptable in your and state so, to force girls who are victims of incest to carry those child children to term? As you know, Jake, um, over 92% of all abortions in America are elective procedures. Um, when you look at the number of, of those that actually are involved in incest, it's less than 1%. Okay, but that is going to be the law of Mississippi. Let me ask you, what about a fetus that has serious or fatal abnormalities that will not allow that fetus to live outside the womb. Is the state of Mississippi going to force those girls and women who have this tragedy inside them to carry the child to term? Are you gonna force them to do that? You're dealing in, in uh, examples that are rare and are a very small percentage of the overall abortion. And the overturning of Roe is simply going to return those decision-making processes to the states back to and the right, individual and, legislatures in yeah, all 50 and I'm, states. And I'm asking you about this, the law in your state and the exceptions that the law does not offer to Mississippi women and girls who are victims of incest, who have fetuses that have fatal or very serious abnormalities. I want to ask you a philosophical question here because I know you have said you believe that life begins at conception. Just to be clear, does that mean the moment of fertilization or the moment of implantation? I believe that life begins at conception. Just to be clear, the state of Mississippi, you're not going to then target uh, IUD or Plan B, which are methods of birth control that might not allow a fertilized egg to be implanted. And this is not a theoretical construct. This is not, a, a you know, in the state of Louisiana. They're talking about uh, not only criminally charging uh, girls and women who get abortions uh, as, you know, as, as being committing homicide, but they're also talking about defining the moment uh, of conception as fertilization. So it, it's not, I'm not making this up. This is, th these are the conversations going on in legislatures in your, in your area. But so just to be clear, you have no intention of seeking to ban IUDs or plan B. That is not what we're focused on at this time. We believe that, that the overturning of Roe is the correct decision by the court. We believe that the overturning of Roe is the, is the correct decision 
by the port, by the courts. Now let's 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 put some things into perspective because he went ahead and he said the reason why we have the laws and not even incest is going to prevent us from supporting this law or or force we are going to even force women who are victims of incest to have to carry that child. Uh, when when it is pointed out to him that wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, let's remember. Inside of Mississippi, you are asking for women to bring children, even if they can't afford these kids, into this world. But at the same time, you are from a state that provides little or no support to help parents raise kids. But let's delve a little bit deeper. Because if you take a look at all the states that are supporting this uh, reversal of this, this, this opinion, the Roe versus Wade, if you take a look at all the states, these are red states that are supporting this wholeheartedly. And these are the same ones that don't want to give Medicaid ex- the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. These are the same states that refuse to give people good access to health care. These are the same states that refuse to invest and educate your kids. These are the same states that don't want to give college education or college. For, these are the same states that make life as a family difficult. In other words, you will have to work your nails into blood before the state will provide you any kind of assistance. These are the states that want, that want to eliminate that sort, of a, that sort of a protection for women. So you ask yourself, where are we going? You know, earlier, Farid Zakaria had a program on where he started to describe America. And America has become extremely secular in the aggregate. But then he said, and he pointed out, there are two Americas, a very large America. That is a progressive type of America that lives on the coast and live in different, in different islets inside of the middle of the country. And then there is what have been created, this red America. And he said when they did their analysis, the... The, the parts of America that is the progressive side, the left side, are more tantamount to what we will consider the type of European countries that have good health care, et cetera, et cetera, and, the treat their, the, and that true democracy reigns. And the other side is tantamount to, and he used two specific states, Saudi, uh, think, think about this, Saudi Arabia, and I don't recall the other state country that he mentioned. But think about it. When we speak so often about the American Taliban, we have to ask, look at the rules that Republicans are trying to put upon America right now. If you remove the word evangelical or Christian from the and, and put some other religion, it would not veer very far from what we see in the places many in that same domain like to scorn. Again, this cannot stand. Today, we have the honor of speaking to Bill Crozier. Bill is the recently elected president of HPJC, the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Welcome aboard, Bill. How are you doing today? Great, Egberto. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Before we even get started, Bill, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and please make sure to include to let folks know that uh, you were, that not you were, but you are actually an integral part of quite a bit in Houston, including our KPFT uh, public station. So why don't you talk a little bit about yourself, <laughs> including that? Well, okay. Well, I've been a political activist since college, um, back in George McGovern days, gives you a light of how old I am. And um, 
you know, worked for progressive candidates uh, as an activist uh, for a long time. Um, and I was um, re-involved in the Jim Hightower campaign and uh, um, various others, uh, Dennis Kucinich for president campaign. And, um, you know, I didn't get active in HP, I mean, excuse me, in KPFT until um, I guess about 15, 20 years ago. It was after the new bylaws were formed. And I was on and off the local station board and uh, also the Pacific and national board. I'm not on either one now, but still just a volunteer and care very much about KPFT. So. Well, let's, let's remember at one time you, you ran, you, you were the executive director of, uh, of yes. the entire Pacifica network. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the things that uh, my colleagues asked me to do back in, uh, it was early 2017 and I served almost as a year as a volunteer for the, as the interim executive director, I was one of the ones who'd been yelling and screaming the most about, uh, well, not the most, but one of the ones about the finances and how we got to get that together. And at that time we had a situation where the uh, empire state realty trust was suing Pacifica because of unpaid tower rent in New York, our WBAI uh, New York station. And that occupied a lot of my time plus other things, but uh yeah, it was quite an experience. And you know, actually, I'm, I mean, I'm still excited. There's so many people like you and so many others who are really dedicated volunteers who, who keep things going and care about. Well, I mean, that, that's this. what it takes. You know, I just got off my program, Politics Done Right, the, the one that I do on a daily basis. And we were talking about the goodness within uh, humanity or whether humans are doom or whatever. And what I try to tell them is I work with people all of the times, you know, I mean, uh, for those people who believe that, uh, that somehow, all, you know, yes, we have a tendency to follow psychopaths. I mean, unfortunately, we do. Uh, but there are so many good people out there that I don't think we are quite doomed yet because there are enough of there are enough of uh, of the Bill Crozier's around that. That is not uh, that's not going to happen. Bill, you uh, just became the president again of uh, the Houston Peace and Justice Center. First of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about the formation of that organization and what it you know what it does? Okay, well, HPJC was um, formed about 20 years ago. Um, I wasn't one of the founders, but I came in shortly after that. Uh, and the idea was to um, actually, it's just two things. It's, it's actually an organization of organizations and also of individuals. And, you know, the, the, the mission basically, it's on the website in the short form, uh, hpjc.org. It's providing peace education, activism training, and collaborative resources for individuals, families and organizations throughout the Houston, uh, greater Houston area. And the whole idea is to build a just, sustainable, and nonviolent community. And we do this through helping other organizations come together and collaborate on activities. We help them. Sometimes we do joint um, uh, activities and events, whether it's a protest or a conference or things like that. And uh, we've been doing that ever since. And um, so I'm just excited about you know, and really are an organization that's dedicated to peace and justice, justice in all forms, um, as well as uh, environmental protection and, and such things. Now, over the years, you've had some illustrious national figures that you've honored that have flown into the yearly uh, peace awards that you offer. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the kind of folk that you have brought in to speak at this organization so that people understand that what we're really doing is, is that, is that work. We're actually yeah. getting that work done. Well, the very first one uh, that HPJC had that I know of, I think it was the first one. The first time I got in was a little bit involved was um, shortly after the uh, U S invasion of Iraq 
an occupation of Iraq. In 2003, uh, we had Barbara Lee as our National Peacemaker Awardee. And again, every every fall, generally um, in early mid uh, November, we have a an annual award ceremony, and we recognize one national peacemaker and several local ones. And she was, uh, I believe, the only person in Congress who voted against the authorization mm-hmm. to um, invade Iraq. Um, we've had Kathy Kelly, uh, Bob Jensen. Uh, Kathy Kelly's a peace activist. Bob Jensen is a a um, uh, on the faculty at, at UT Austin, uh, Roy Bourgeois, Cindy Sheehan, uh, some organizations like the Center for Constitutional Rights. We've had Helen Thomas, uh, Helen Caldicott, Jim Hightower, Brian Stevenson. He, he gave a really knockout uh, address about 10 years ago. Dennis Kucinich, Medea Benjamin, and a number of others. So uh, I, I think you also had Chris Hedges. Uh, yes. One year as well. Chris Hedges, the well-known New York uh, column, uh, former New York columnist that didn't make it past your life, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and, uh, and and the woman with uh, the guns, I forget her name right now. Um, uh, uh, well, Moms Demand Action, Sharon Watts. Right, uh, Sharon yeah. Watts. She was, yeah. I think, a couple of years, uh, last, a couple of years ago, I think she was or the featured. Um, the, that was the, 2020. Yeah. We didn't really have an in-person dinner that year because or any kind of in-person ceremony because of the pandemic. So we're trying to get back to normal now. Yeah, um, it's difficult uh, because it's an organization where it's sort of touchy-feely. And when you don't have the touchy-feely times, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, because you want to be around all these people. Now, I mean, as it turns out, um, uh, you, you want what what are your plans going forward? I mean, you just became the president again. And you, you kind of have to reconstitute this thing, not that it ever went away, but you have to kind of get it activated again in this post-COVID, well, I don't know if we can call it a post-COVID area, but a a, a, a more uh, getting closer to what would be a post-COVID area, COVID area. What do you intend to do? Well, we, yeah, we are trying to get back to normal this year. Um, and, you know, it's not just HPJC, but a lot of organizations that we work with really suspended a lot of their activities over the last couple of years or try to move them online. Sometimes it's hard to move everything online, um, but uh, I know some people were out in the streets over some of the um, killings of um, black people, by, you know, police officers and stuff like that here and else around the country. But we uh, we didn't have our annual awards there at all in 2020. And last year we had a, a hybrid one where uh, we had a, um, a small in-person, limited in-person group and then uh, did an online uh, um, ceremony also. Um, but one of the things we also suspended in 2020 was peace camp. It's one of our major activities. It's a summer day camp for children. And, um, last year we only had one week of it and, uh, we were really afraid, especially for the children, even though adults could get vaccinated then the children weren't eligible. And if you recall any, I believe ones below 12, I think were not eligible mm-hmm. or maybe it was below 18 at that time, summer of last year. So now that's sort of be honest. Hopefully everybody will be vaccinated and, uh, we are planning for three weeks of peace camp this year, for example. Um, often we have a, um, a, a a conference that we usually co-sponsor with other organizations. We don't have one planned this year. Hope we can work towards that next year also. Uh, sometimes we do activism training, uh, that sort of thing. We've had conferences um, sort of led by some of our working groups. Could I mention a little bit about that too? Absolutely. Please do. Because we have five working groups that we're they're supposed to be doing, I guess, most of the work. It's getting things have changed a little bit because of the uh, the pandemic again. 
But, you know, we have uh, ones for economic justice, environmental justice, um, foreign and military policy, human rights and criminal justice, and then also peace education. And um, several of those have you know hosted conferences here in, in Houston in the past that we've uh, organized with other groups. And um, the uh, peace education group is the one that's also involved with Peace Camp and also uh, a more regular thing throughout the year called Peace Club. So um, we're um, still working out some of the details for Peace Camp this year. We are planning on three weeks of camp at different places in Houston. Each is a it's a day camp. It's not overnight camp. Um, and it's um, we you know, it's a reasonable tuition. It's not that expensive. And mm-hmm. we uh, we make it available through scholarships for people who are parents who can't afford to send their children otherwise. So we want to get affordable to everybody. And it's it's a it's a place where children can have fun and learn about things that they don't learn about in school. And, you know, everything from non-cooperative games through peacemakers through the ages, uh, especially ones, uh, women and minorities that they, you know, tend to get discounted a lot in the history books. Uh, and um, so we'll have more details on our website soon. There's some outlines of the three locations that we have right now, but we don't, there's a few things we're still working out regarding staff for that. We, we like to have, experienced professional teachers leading it. And then we have other volunteers as well. And so we have uh, the three locations, by the way, so far we have scheduled are uh, at the Houston Mennonite Church, which is in Northwest Houston, uh, Mission Milby, which is in the East End, and the Community Church in uh, Northeast Houston. So we're looking forward to those. Excellent. Well, um, you know, this show is called Politics Then Right. So, you know, I'm going to pick your brains on two particular <laughs> issues of, of, of importance right now. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give you both of them at the same time and tell you, go fly. Um, sure. Here are uh, your thoughts on the potential overthrow of Roe versus Wade and also uh, your thoughts on election 2022. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and just a disclosure, I'm also a Democratic precinct chair, and I'm you know pretty involved in Democratic politics, not just Democratic politics. But um, you know, my personal feeling is that it's it's just I think it's insulting, and um, I'm kind of astonished that the Supreme Court would consider overturning Roe versus Wade or Roe v. Wade. You know, in the the past, the Supreme Court has generally moved towards expanding liberties and and rights of people. And not taking them away, and this is something that I think women have you know counted on for almost fifty years. I remember when it was first announced, Roe v. Wade, and uh, there were before then there were a lot of women who got abortions; they were illegal, but they put their lives in danger. It was dangerous right. and very difficult, and um, so it, it. One of the things Roe v. Wade did is it made it safe, and. Um, I'm also kind of astonished by some of the organizations that oppose Roe v. Wade. They also seem to be, some of them at least, seem to be opposed to birth control, making it more mm-hmm. difficult to get that. So they actually create the need for more abortions. It's kind of a hypocritical, I think. And then also the so-called right to life, they care about life. Kind of Maybe I'm overgeneralizing some, not only stereotype people, but uh, some of them don't seem to care about children once they're born. And I think it's critical to have early childhood education and parents need daycare and they need an opportunity to raise every child in a, a you know, loving environment where they have enough um, resources and everything. And so it's difficult for a lot of people and uh, especially people with limited income. And so I think this is, if it is overturned, if the Supreme Court really does, I think it's going to hurt 
the um, people with limited resources more than anybody else. I know there's some people that really do feel that um, uh, the life of a fetus somehow trumps the life of a woman, or uh, that's the way it sounds like, at least. Right. I, I don't agree with that, but you know, I realize there are some people that feel it's a, an ethical issue and from that point of view also. And I think we need to have more discussion, like you did last week, by the way, on your show, I remember, with people who aren't just calling each other names and things, but have... We'll talk about, you know, the real issues involved and, and try to help people understand each other. You know, we just discussed that on the just before I came on to this show. What we discussed was, you know, I'm not going to be dealing with anybody flame throwing. If we're, if we're going to move forward, it's going to be having a conversation. Uh, uh-huh. if, if, if you're shouting and doing that sort of you're not having a conversation, why bother? You know, yeah. uh, you just want it your way. Now, the next thing I'm not going to let you get away without touching election 2020. Okay. Well, let me just say, though, HPJC actually doesn't have an official position on this. Of course, it's kind of new. We haven't had an opportunity to, that we never need to talk about it. But that was my personal opinion that I was talking about. Let, let, so let, go me, ahead. Well, let, let me just tell the audience that uh, okay. I wanted uh, Bill on the show to talk about HBJC as a separate entity. Which is a uh, which is a five hundred one c three organization. Yes, and 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 again, so he when he talks political, we're talking simply not as president of HPJC, but <laughs> okay. as Bill Crozier, the person. I think I think I've, okay. I've clarified that Bill. So I think we can still safe. talk about issues anyway. Or, right. And HPJC does take a stand on a lot of issues. We've taken stands right. on on uh, you know fifth dollar fifth minimum wage and civil rights and all kinds of things. And oh, no, oh I forgot our keynote speaker, our national peacemaker awardee that we're going to have um, this this fall uh, is, uh, I mean, a real, I think, a superb leader in this. And he's um, uh, the, his name is Ruben Jonathan Miller. He's from the University of Chicago, and his research has been centered on how people who are formerly incarcerated still have trouble for the rest of their lives often because of discrimination right. and problems that employers and society you know, put in front of them. So I think it'll be a really interesting topic. Well, you know, you, you, I know you'll be back on to, 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 to promote that when it's uh, yeah. closer, closer to that time. Now, Bill, I'm still not going to let you get away without telling okay. me your thoughts on 2020. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Well, um, 2022, I'm sorry. 2022. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that, personally, I'm um, appalled at the previous occupant of the white house. And I hate to even mention his name, but you know, still has such a following. I think he, um, he and his followers were really attacking the Constitution and the very bedrock of our country with not accepting the fact that he lost the election in um, in uh, 2020 and putting out a lot a lot of lies about that. And I think we need to be moving forward and try to get people together. I mean, most of the people in the United States want democratically democratic elections. They're willing to accept the fact that. Sometimes they don't win elections. Certainly happened to me. Some of my supporters haven't won. Um, one of the well, George McGovern. I mentioned I supported him. Mm-hmm. I supported you know lots of other candidates who haven't always won. Jim Hightower won a couple of times. Then he didn't. He lost. And various, various other candidates. But you know, I it, I still have hope, and we do get people elected. I you know Barack Obama, for example, was a lot of people said he'd never be elected, but he was, and that was he did make a lot of changes. I, I wish he'd actually done a little bit more, but that's good. But I'm, I'm really appalled that there's certain people, including both our Texas Senate, U.S. senators, uh, seem to 
um, take such an extreme position and it's so polarizing, we need to get back to talking about real issues and not just calling names and rhetoric and just throwing out false information to people. And I think social media has done a lot of damage in our country too, because of the way they, like Facebook, for example, they have a preference for um, putting things in front of you that are inflammatory and uh, gets the most attention, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's truthful, often isn't truthful or, or reasonable or, or important. Um, so they, they want things that get engagement, that generate clicks and outrageous things tend to do that. So you see a lot more of that than uh, you'd see in real journalism. So I'm really concerned about that. I think that's, we have a real danger in our country and we need to get people out to vote regardless of party. We need to get people to, to vote in November and vote in, oh, we have a primaries coming up or primary runoffs, excuse me, on May 24th in Texas. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, get involved, get your friends to vote, become informed. Don't rely on social media for sure and vote. You know, Bill, uh, before before we go, I just want to say this, and that is, um, yeah, it is true that Donald Trump and his ilk and many like him that are following our two senators from Texas, they're part of the problem in the misinformation, in the put out in putting out misinformation and also um, the, right. the, a lot of things that they do. One of the things that I tell people all of the times is that only works because the pew, the people that they have following them think they can't follow, let's say, good people like yourself or whatever. And we have to leave that door open for uh, for people to feel safe and i'm talking about everybody you know because right now donald trump is making a bet that he can scare the holy hell out of a particular group of people and we have to let all people know that um it, it okay. is not the way and i think part of the work that you do uh is instrument will be or needs to be instrumental in attaining much of that yeah and trump you know from his business background I mean, he wasn't a good business person. He lost a lot of money. He lost a lot of other people's money too and declared bankruptcy. I think at least twice, I believe, maybe more four times. and uh, four times and, you know, and wouldn't pay off people he owed. And um, I, I, there's some really ethical issues with that also. I mean, sometimes people, you know, the most common reason people declare bankruptcy in these country is for medical expenses right. because of our screwed up medical system. You've talked about that a lot on your show, too. And, you know, we need single payer universal health care. And but but Trump is used to being a bully. He's gotten he learned in business that he could get his way by bullying and lying. And he's still trying to do that. Well, you know, uh, Bill, we are going to make sure that with the work that's done, the work that you do work that many others do in the field that you're in, going to inform the folks appropriately and make sure that doesn't become status. So anyway, thank you so kindly. President of the Houston Peace and Justice Center, Bill, how can people get in touch with your organization to become a part of it, just to add their positive to what we do? Go to our website, hpjc.org, which stands for Houston Peace and Justice Center, hpjc.org. Look around there. also, want to remind people one feature we have is a calendar. Anyone can post for free an event on our, our calendar, our newsletter, our, our online calendar, which forms the basis of a, a regular newsletter of progressive events that goes out to several thousand people on our email list. Uh, has to be non um, a nonprofit organization and uh, a, an organization that's for peace and, and uh, yes. not a violent <laughs> overthrow of the government or something like that. 
but um, please post your organization's events there. It's free. And um, um, you can contact us at info at hpjc.org. Bill Crozier, president of HPJC, Houston Peace and Justice Center, hpjc.org. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you, Iqbal. It's been over a year since we've had a studio, since we've been in the studio at KPFT. Since that time, we've had to sell our building and we're in the process of getting a new building. And we are going to have a lot of work to do to put that building there, but I can't wait. I just can't wait to have those phones ring right into politics done right. And I engage with you guys. You know, I love it. Whether you're on the right, you're on the left, you're in the middle, you're an anarchist, you're communist, you're socialist, you're capitalist, I don't care. I can't wait to get into the conversation. And you know what? It's coming. But in order for it to come fast enough, we need these fun drives. First of all, to stay alive, to keep the lights on, to keep that transmitter sending this voice across to make sure we can have that interaction with you. But most importantly, I can't wait to get into that studio and have you guys call in and we have that discourse. We have to have that discourse now before the election. We have to get busy. Man, there's only one station in Houston that is going to give us all that opportunity, that all that opportunity to engage, that opportunity to be a part of the body politic that everybody can hear. But folks, we need you. We need you more than ever. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Please give us a call. Please support the station. Please make sure that when we get into that new building, we can we can bring you into that building. And guess what? You go ahead and contribute to Politics Done Right today. And I tell you, you will be in that studio on one of the first days when we open, sitting side by side and talking to our audience. 713-526-5738. We need you to be a part of the system now. Folks, 713-526-5738. I can't wait. I can't wait to have that bi-directional communication with all you guys so that you can say, Egberto, I don't like what you're saying, or Egberto, I love what you're saying, or Egberto, I have something to say. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? For us all to have something to say, to ensure that people know we are, we are all being heard. And that's what you get with Politics Then Right. That's what you get with KPFT. That's what you get with the Pacifica Network. So folks, please give us a call, 713-526-5738, or go to kpft.org, kpft.org. We simply cannot do it without you. We cannot do it without you. So please, again, be a part of this positive assertion, this positive notion that that we can actually make that difference, because we can. But to make that difference... We have to be informed. To make that difference, we have to let people know that we exist. To make that difference, we need you to engage with us. We need you to contribute to us. 713-526-5738. Check out 
these offers with my books that that are it's it's a gift of knowledge as you help us go forward please get one of my several books out there as i see it class warfare the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of 120 dollars. it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives friends and neighbors for a contribution of 120 dollars. how to make america utopia take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of 120 dollars get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org, choose Politics Done Right for the program and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. You can listen and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on YouTube Live at politics done right.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willies, at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all Central Time. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Well, folks, that's it for today. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. 